I want to welcome everyone to SaltCast. My name is Bob Turner, and I serve as the director of the Sunset Academy of Leadership Training. And today, we have the great privilege of visiting with a very dear friend of mine, Richard England, who is a professor at Fried Hardeman University and also serves as an elder with the Henderson Church of Christ. So welcome, Richard. Good to have you here. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Nice to see you again. Well, it's great to see you, and I can't thank you enough. Uh, appreciate you taking time to to visit with us and, and just to kind of focus on some things that I think people are really wrestling with uh, as the elders, as congregations, and trying to figure out how to handle things as we move forward uh, through this pandemic and hopefully moving out of it uh, in 2021. And so uh, I appreciate you helping us in that regards. Uh, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about the congregation, uh, just some information about the congregation in general, and then Tell us a little bit about how the, the congregation has been affected by the pandemic. Uh, our congregation, of course, in Henderson, Tennessee, we are right literally across the street from Freed Hardeman University. We have uh, roughly 300 families that are a part of our congregation. And when school's in session, we could have anywhere from uh, 600 to um, 800 on a Sunday morning. Uh, so it is a fairly large congregation. It is diverse. We have uh, young families with young children. We have some brethren in the congregation that have been there for many, many years that um, wonderful people, just fantastic people. And uh, they've had a, a good full life in the Lord's service. We have uh, university students when school is in session who are with us, and they will... Um, be there, and sometimes we'll be more involved than uh, some may think, but then, of course, there are others that will uh, use us as the uh, congregation across the street. We try to make a special attempt to reach out to them and have them involved with uh, what's going on with the church as well. So it's a very diverse group. It's a not a extremely large congregation, but it is larger than uh, quite a number of other congregations. Sure. It's, it's been different with the pandemic. Um, it has been, uh, I don't know. It, there's an old expression about being flexible and you take that to the next level of needing to be fluid. Uh, we've tried to be fluid. It has affected us uh, and it has affected the school, obviously. I've been teaching at Freed Hardeman for uh, over 25 years. This is our, my wife, uh, Barbara, and my uh, 26th year teaching there. So we've had to learn to modify things, uh, to think differently. We fortunately had already put in place to stream and go online with some of the classes and services. So we already had that in place before all of this began. I believe probably last February, last March is when this really started to hit. We have uh, done some things that are a little different to try to accommodate the concerns of any number of people. We have, uh, of course, with that size congregation, we have some who will um, be there regardless, which are, to me, is wonderful. You know, people who would be there regardless of what's going on. There could be um, any other number of catastrophes that you could imagine, but they would still want to be at services of the Lord's Church. We have others who are incredibly wonderful brethren who are very, very concerned about their health. They have uh, conditions that could be dangerous uh, with this particular virus. 
they have to be very watchful. Uh, we do have some, and particularly of our older members who've started to take the vaccine. So we have, again, uh, I won't say a dichotomy, but we have sort of a continuum of individuals who will be there regardless to those who are very concerned about getting out and being around with anyone. We've modified our services. Uh, we have uh, suspended services at times, periodically, and gone strictly online. And then as the numbers would permit, as we would watch the trends, we would go back. We have implemented some time ago a split service instead of having just one service for everyone, trying to maintain a social distance, to have an early service, and then to have a uh, service that would be around, uh, uh, you know, later in the morning so that we could meet together and worship together and then classes. Uh, streaming the services, streaming the one of the morning services on Sunday morning, streaming the class on Sunday evening, and also uh, streaming the class on Wednesday evening. So we have uh, a variety of different things that we've done to try to address some of the concerns. Of course, as with any large meeting, we strongly encourage the use of masks, wearing masks. We also encourage people to maintain their social distance, uh, doing all of these things to try to ensure as much as we can the health of the congregation. We stay in touch. Uh, we stay in touch on a daily basis with many of the uh, members of our congregation. The elders have groups that we stay in touch with. We try to be attentive to the concerns of whatever is there encouraging uh, people to stay in touch with each other. So there are some positive things that have come out of this. Uh, the uh, smaller groups that have tried to draw strength from each other, as well as the innovative ways that we are trying to use, particularly with technology, to stay in touch with others uh, that may have needs. So it's it's been different. It's been different. Uh, so... Uh Let's talk for just a moment about the the streaming of the services and, and kind of the Facebook Live and online approach. Um, how has that impacted the, the members of the congregation? I know that there's a lot of discussion about uh, the members who have become pajama Christians. You know, they enjoy worship at home now, and so they don't want to come back. And uh, we've, we've told them, okay, you can worship at home, and we've made that you know, possible for them. And and so how have the elders dealt with that impact that it's had on the congregation by doing more online during this time? Again, we go back to that fluidity, and that's, a, that's an excellent question. Uh, time will tell how effective it's been. We've tried to um, still reach out through our online service and encourage people to watch the class if they wish. Uh, I... Uh, like your phrase, pajama Christians, we know that there are some people who enjoy being at home. They feel more safe. They feel more secure. And as a personal opinion, certainly not representing anyone else or anybody else, um, it's going to be difficult to change some of the uh, habits, attitudes, behaviors. Even uh, if there was a green light, go ahead. There's still going to be the element of concern of do I really want to get out uh, do I really want to um, expose myself to the possibilities? I believe one of the things that we're trying to do is to, uh, well, at least me and I think several others as well, come to grips with a reality. This is our new normal, hmm. that this is the way things are going to be for a while. 
and to find a way then to be as effective as we can to stay in touch with people, to be supportive, to be attentive to the needs. Uh, you know, we, we think about attendance with church, but also this has hit some of our members who are uh, employed in situations where their business is shut down. Hmm. Financial concerns that they had never anticipated they are now having to wrestle with. Or they may have another health condition. With older members, uh, not everyone is going to have this particular virus, but they'll have heart conditions, cancer, uh, other kinds of medical conditions that unfortunately in the minds of some have been put on the back burner uh, for want of a better way of describing it. So being sensitive to that. When we uh, talk about in our elders meetings, how are we going to approach this when we go back? It'll have to be incremental. There'll have to be a lot of encouragement, a lot of reassurance. And even with that, there are going to be people who have discovered that they feel more comfortable and they can worship very effectively in a different environment, not uh, neglecting staying in touch with everyone and wanting to be a part of the congregation, but having, again, this, this change, a uh, different way of doing things. It's much like uh, what we're doing right now. Uh, there was a time where maybe you and I would get together and just sit down over a cup of coffee someplace and have a conversation. Right. But here we are using the technology to uh, try to find a way to communicate and communicate the ideas and to have a discussion. So it's not the same. But in some ways, it, uh, it is the same because it allows this communication and maybe can be used effectively because one of the things that has happened is the greater level of concern of staying in touch. Right. And that's been a good positive thing out of this, to make right. more effort to stay in touch. Right. So you, you mentioned something there that I also want to explore a little bit, and that's the people who have been affected either directly by the virus or... Uh, as you mentioned, people in the congregation that have lost jobs or they've lost their businesses, how have the elders work to directly address some of those type of needs uh, from the people who have been impacted, some financially, but others because of their health have been impacted by it. Uh, I know that comes up before the elders to talk about and have to make decisions. So how, how have they addressed some of those types of needs? And uh, I'll expand it even further. Our missionaries that we support are facing this same thing. Mm. So we have the members directly in the congregation as well as the missionaries in other parts of the world. Uh, how do we work to do that? Well, first of all, we try to anticipate or find out about needs, hopefully being a little proactive. If we have members who's, let's use a health condition, where they're going to have to travel to a hospital, a specialty hospital or someplace. And we know that uh, we will try to provide some assistance, some financial assistance, perhaps to ease that burden so they can focus on getting well. For those that have uh, lost a job, we try to stay in touch with them and help as we can. Part of the balance, I suppose, is that um, when you have over 300 families and you have the variety of needs, of having to exercise as much understanding and wisdom as you can muster to determine how's the best way to help. Uh, what can we do? In addition to uh, providing financial assistance, 
my responsibilities as an elder, in fact, include both benevolence as well as I'm on the missions committee. And if we hear of a need to try to uh, do what we can to provide the financial assistance, and if it's something where it appears that there may need to be more than just writing a check, uh, we have some wonderful members who are very, very good in a variety of fields to provide a little uh, insight, guidance, counseling, whatever term you'd like to, to help them get through, whether it's a health condition, financial condition, uh, just uh, struggles within the family, because this has put a lot of strain on some young families and older families. Right. Uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, if you're uh, trying to work and your hours have been cut or your job is gone, and you have children that may or may not be in school today because of everything that's going on, right. and you're a young family trying to figure out what's going to happen, um, you know, it's one of those things, I had, and I, you can appreciate this. We have very conscientious young people who have taken great pains up till this time to try to maintain good stability, good relationships, and everything else. They take all the classes, and then they're saying, none of it's working. Uh, you know, I, lost, I wasn't planning on losing my job. The government got back. Uh, the kids got sick, uh, you know, I mean, and uh, they can't go to school. So it's, uh, we try to be there. How's that? Well, and we, I like that. Financial <laughs> assistance. We provide assistance, financial assistance, and we uh, we try to be available and put them in touch with people that can help with their particular need that beyond the financial. Okay. So that obviously requires an incredible web of communication. So try to describe to everyone what means you're using or what ways you're communicating, um, because it, it, it doesn't just come from the elders. There has to be kind of a web there of communication, right. especially with the congregation that size. So what, what are you doing and how do you communicate to everyone or how do they communicate? What means are available for them to be able to say we need help or how exactly has that worked? Well, we have uh, the network. And again, that's an excellent question. The network, fortunately for us, uh, we have elders and deacons who have a wide range of expertise everything from uh, financial and legal to health care. And so we have a network, for want of a better way of describing it, already built in uh, with who we have serving the congregation. We have people who have advanced training in certain areas, whether it's education or science, uh, veterinary medicine, uh, any number of things like that, which really does help tremendously so that when we have our meetings, if we have an elders meeting and there's a concern that comes up, we actually have some experts sitting around the table. And if they don't feel comfortable with it, they know somebody who can uh, do something or whatever it may be. So that helps immediately. The other thing is we also have a group of deacons that have uh, an incredible work ethic along with expertise in several areas so that they can also provide the same kinds of networking on a much broader base. Uh, it's, it's very good. It's, we have a, a good group, and fortunately, it is diverse. Mm -hmm. And as a result, 
we have through that diversity of involvement almost a built-in network as it is with the understanding there are going to be things where we need to get some body from the outside involved and we can get in touch with them too simply because of uh, all of the um, professional associations that exist as well as uh, particularly associations within the church right. for missionaries we have uh, the same thing you know and particularly in some fields everybody knows everybody if you talk long enough there's a connection and so we do that yeah well, I, I tell you, it's it's so needed, and I know that as this uh, pandemic either continues to grow as it has witnessed, or as we move through it, uh, there's so much that's needed, and uh, I'm looking forward to us continuing this discussion. There's some other areas that I look forward to exploring in our next session, but I appreciate you taking time uh, to be with us today and, and sharing about the work there at Henderson and uh, just what the congregation is doing. I know that's going to be helpful uh, to those who hear the podcast. And I want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in and just being a part of what SALT is trying to accomplish. And we look forward to continuing our discussion uh, next time. And thank you. God bless. Thank you. Great to talk with you.